Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now this morning... We just read about a prayer that Jesus taught to his disciples. You know, we call it as a model prayer. You know, many times when we do not know what to pray, you know, some of us have a habit, or in the past we had a habit of, you know, running back to the scriptures and pray the way Lord taught to the disciples to pray. Certainly it's a model prayer because Jesus took time sitting there and teaching his disciples and saying them that this is how you need to pray. That also tells me that God likes such prayers because this prayer was not just made by a man. This prayer was taught by our Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples and Jesus asked them, this is how you pray. And I'm sure this prayer is pleasing God. But then, you know, we also need to understand this is not the only prayer in the scripture. There are many other prayers in the scripture. Think about the prayer that made the tax collector. And the Pharisee and tax collector, they went into the temple of God. The tax collector, even, you know, he could not even go further into the temple of God. He just stood far away. And he said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Think about the kind of prayer that Nehemiah made. Think about the prayer that Daniel made. Think about the prayer that David made in Psalm 51. Prayer of repentance. You know, there are different, many other kinds of prayer as we come across the word of God, as we see in the word of God. Scripture says when, you know, Peter was in the prison, Scripture says the church was constantly praying for Peter. Constant prayer. This is not just the only prayer, but this is a good model of many prayers. And the church was constantly praying for Peter and God sent the angel to the prison and brought him out from the prison. We also read in the scripture, pray without ceasing. 
Scripture is asking us to pray, you know, without shopping, without praying. And on that day, Benson shared one uh, testimony in the Facebook. You know, I, I had a chance to, you know, listen to the testimony. A man of God was in the, in the city at a particular point of time. And one important person in the church, you know, he was in the hospital. He was about to die. And you know what? The church gathered together and they discussed. Church said, we will sponsor his burial. But this man of God was there in the church to pray and to preach. And he couldn't get up and preach because he just so disappointed by seeing the faith of the church. You know, church is there to pray. And they, they cried to God for one and a half hours. And the news was that man, man came to life. And he was alive. And the very next Sunday, he and his family walked into the church of God, into the temple of God. You know, at times God has asked us to pray without ceasing. You know, we get together in the presence of God and we cry to God until the Lord does that. You know, there are many different types of prayer. You know, at one point of time, you know, uh, when I was just getting coming closer to the Lord. I thought this is the only prayer. I was just praying like Mary. I just take this prayer and you know, recite this prayer without knowing what it is. You know, I, I know many churches, they do even today without just knowing what it is. They just keep going on, on and on. And this morning, God is asking us to, you know, focus our attention to find out what exactly Jesus was teaching to his disciples from these very few scriptures. I just want to outline my sermon in such a way this, uh, this morning. Just the title is the Lord's Prayer. And we are going to divide that entire prayer into four sections. It's very easy. First section, enter with a salute. Enter in the presence of God with a salute. Second, ask for God's will. And third, tell your needs to God. Enter in the presence of God with a salute. You know, as if some major is walking into the, in, you know, in our presence, we all stand up and then we give him a salute. Enter in the presence of God with such an attitude and ask God, Lord, do your will in my life and tell God your need. There are three types of needs as we come across here. Our physical needs, give us your daily bread. Our inner need, forgive our sins. Our spiritual need, deliver us from evil. Tell all three needs and exit with a praise. Is it easy? Can you just repeat this after me? Enter with a salute. Ask for God's will. Tell your needs. Exit with a praise. You know, this is a prayer model that Jesus taught to his disciples. Let's go over. Let's read verse 10. Verse 10 says, as the prayer starts, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, when we walk into the presence of God, we are trying to establish a relationship with our Father. You know, some of us are into the world, into our work, into our family. We just lost that connection with God. Now, when we come together in the presence of God, or maybe in your personal time, when you walk into the prayer, uh, prayer closet, you kneel down and you look at your Father in heaven. We are not praying to an angel. We are not praying to a saint. We are not praying to somebody else. We are praying to our Father who is in heaven. You know, when, when we walk into the presence of God, the reason we call him as our father in heaven, because we are not strangers. He's our father. In fact, scripture says, our father in heaven, he's our heavenly father. You know, some of us are blessed with our father. I lost my father in a couple of years back. Some of us, some of your father, fathers are still alive. Thank God for them. We have our father. We have a trust. We have a relationship with our father. We keep him as a model for our living. We just look at him the way he does things, the way he, you know, plans, the way he spends money. We, you know, we are, there are many good things we learn from our father. 
their worldly father earthly fathers they are alive today but then they will go away from this world but we have a heavenly father who is always our father not only when we are in, in on this earth even when we go to heaven he is still our father the way we pray our father in heaven we are not praying to jesus we are praying to our father in heaven hallowed be your name hallowed that word is a word that gives honor to god hallow means your name is holy your name is consecrated your name is sacred your name is to be honored and revered hallowed that means you are a holy god you are a you you are a consecrated god you are a one who is holy you said you are a holy god i am just coming to the holy god you know every time when we pray when we go to prayer we are praying we are coming to the one who is holy you know that's the reason the moment you kneel down you feel like you are confessing you want to confess all your sins all your you know the, the bad things that happened in your life you just want to tell everything one by one to god because we know that you are standing in front of a holy god hallowed be your name you know his name also gives us access to heaven think about your father is a manager of a company you walk into the business organization then there are many securities you need to pass through before you get to get to meet your father and the moment you walk into that place the security guard may be asking you who are you and the moment you tell the name of your father he's just going to open the door for you because he knows who your father is the name also gives us access into his presence moses on the day he was totally discouraged lord i do not know how i am going to go and meet pharaoh but god spoke to moses and said i am who i am just go and tell pharaoh that i send you to him you know our god is almighty god he is el shaddai he is el roi he is el elion you know he is he is a god of many names we tell all these names in order to get access to the presence of god and also we can establish our right to the presence of god how telling him calling him father father brings the son and daughter relationship with god when we go and ask call him father god you know that gives you a relationship with him that makes you closer to god it also gives you confidence because you are not talking to somebody you are not talking to a stranger you are talking to a father who is in heaven and this morning jesus is teaching us this is how you need to pray you need to start your prayer with a salute saying that my father in heaven hallowed be your name let's take it further secondly we need to ask god for his will scripture says as we read and continue to read in verse 10 our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done your will be done you know there is something like god's will there is something like the plan of god concerning each and every one of us you know most of the time we believe that heaven decides on what to happen in the earth because that's the reason jesus said on earth as it is in heaven let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because in heaven it's only god's will it's only god's desire because heaven is filled with angels they worship god if somebody is not doing the will of god god already decided to push him down 
Because he was not doing the will of God. Heaven is full of God's will. What about earth? And Jesus is telling this is what we need to pray. Heaven decides what needs to happen on this earth. And I don't know whether you agree with that. Heaven decides what we need to, what need to happen on this earth. But the question may be, why it's not happening? Why it's not happening? If heaven decides this is what needs to happen in my life, Lord, why it's not happening? Why my children are walking away from God? If you say that heaven decides on my children's life, if you say that heaven decides on the leadership of this nation, Lord, why it's not happening? You know, we may have many questions today. Heaven decides on what needs to happen on this earth. But all of that heaven decides may not happen on this earth and it will happen only when we pray. When we don't pray, God's will cannot be done on this earth. That's why Jesus is teaching them on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. You know, there are many things that is will of God. But it's not happening. It's because of the darkness that we see in this world. You know, we need to understand, we need to believe the fact that this world is not completely in God's hand yet. This world is in the hand of the enemy. This world is in the hand of the ruler of the air. He is also called the prince of the air. He is everywhere. You know, that's the reason when we walk into the downtown, that's the reason you walk into some of the parts of the city, sin everywhere. Sin everywhere. That's simply because this world is not in the hands of God yet completely. But God has control. And that control can be accessed. And God's will can be brought into this world by you and me. That's the reason Jesus was telling them, this is how you need to pray. Lord, let your will be happen on this earth as it happens in heaven. What are God's will? A couple of examples. Our sanctification is the will of God. We need to live holy. It is the will of God. All men need to be saved. It is the will of God. None should perish. Second Peter 3.9 says, None should perish. All need to be saved. But why all are not getting saved? Because you and I do not pray the prayer, the Lord's prayer. We don't pray for God to do His will on this earth. If we pray, God will not get them. God will not allow them get to get perished in their sins. God is asking the church to pray. You know, this morning as I speak, I just want to emphasize the importance of prayer. How much we need to pray. How much as, a, as parents we need to pray for our children. How much as, a, as a believers we need to pray for the church. How much we need to pray for the, somebody living in this world. And this morning God is telling us, let my will be done on this earth. Giving thanks in everything is will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything we give thanks to God. There are so many things which are will of God. But God expects us to pray to him so that his will be done in our lives and on this earth. Because God has already handed over this earth to man, to mankind, to rule over this earth. And God is depending on the church. God is depending on you and me. God is depending on your personal prayer life in order to do something in your family. God is depending on your church prayer life to do something in your church. God is depending on our life, our prayer life, the way we walk with the Lord. 1 John 1 of 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He will do it for me. He will hear my prayer. You know, that is the confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. If we pray anything according to the will, He will do it. It is important to pray according to the will of God. We can ask anything to God, but only God's will be given to you. Have you come across that situation in your life? He would have prayed for many things. 
But God has not given you everything that you prayed for. But God has given you something which is the will of God. As long as you pray according to the will of God. But if you stand there and fast and tell Lord, I want this. I want to live with this man. I cannot get away from this man. I want. But God gives you because you are praying for him. But then your life will be full of pain. Your life will be full of sorrow. It's better to give it to God. God has decided already who is that person in your life. God has decided already which job you need to get into. God has decided already where your children need to be settled. Where God has already decided which church you belong to. Just give it to God's will. Give it to God's will. And that will be a blessing for our lives. Now we are going to tell our needs in prayer. Verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. The first request we make to God is for our physical blessing. You know, as we read in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, man is a threefold being. As we know, he is made of spirit, soul and body. The spirit is to communicate with God. Soul is a kind of inner man who I am inside me. That's responsible for our intelligence and our emotions and all those, our being, our desire and our wishes, the soul. And we are also made with the body. That's a temporary shelter as long as we live on this earth. Spirit, soul and body. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, These three must be preserved until the coming of the Lord. All these three must be preserved. You know, I was wondering, Lord, why do I need to preserve my body? Because my body is going to get destroyed at the moment I die. But scripture says, all these three must be preserved. You know, that's the reason we need to keep ourselves holy. That's the reason we cannot allow everything to enter into our life, our body. Because it is a temple of God that God has given to us. It has to be protected. It has to be preserved for the coming of the Lord. But you know what? The needs are different. Body's need and spirit's need and soul's need are different. And that's where Jesus taught the disciples in, to pray such a way that they can pray for all these three components. God is able to meet all these three needs. So now we are going to tell the need, our need. Give us our daily bread. Our physical needs. Our physical needs. How many of us have physical needs? None of you? All of us. All of us are having physical needs. Right? If I don't have food in the afternoon, I'm going to starve. I can't eat. I can't survive. We need so much. We need food. So all of us are having desire for food. All of us want to you know, have a desire to take rest. Saturday and Sunday, if you get two hours in the afternoon, I wish to just go and lie down. Right? That has become a habit of pastors. I don't know. So, you know, we, we desire rest. We desire sex. We deserve being healthy. We deserve being wealthy. We deserve being living comfortable life. We all deserve to live a good life in this world. We all want to have a good life. You know, people take it to the other extreme sometimes, saying that, oh, you are children of God. You are called to walk in the holiness. Do not pray for your physical needs. No, Jesus said, Pray for your God, give us our daily bread. We don't want to take it to that extreme. And we don't want to take it to the other extreme saying that, Lord, I need blessing, blessing. We don't want to go into that extreme too. Just want to be somewhere in the middle. God expects us to pray for our needs. We need to pray for all our needs. You know, some of us are struggling to settle down in this nation. We need to pray. Lord, I need a better job. 
I need a better car. I need a better house. I need to buy a house, Lord. I'm just living in a rental house. Lord, I need, I, my income is not at all enough, Lord. God is asking you to pray. God is encouraging you to pray for that. But you know what is wrong is achieving those things in a way that God is forbidden in the word of God is wrong. Try to achieve all these pleasures, all these benefits, all these good things in the wrong way, which is forbidden in the word of God, is a sin. Praying for them is not a sin. But try to achieve those things in a shortcut. By trying to achieve those things by telling a lie. By trying to achieve those things with the wrong relationship. By trying to achieve those things you know, you know, you know, in the money which doesn't belong to us. Some of us are behind lotteries. I don't know when I'm not I'm talking about those who are here. You know, I'm just deal with deal with people, you know, who always go behind lotteries. I used to tell them that, that that money doesn't belong to you. Any money that you did not work for, it's not going to bless you. Only the blessing of the, the blessings of the Lord can make one rich, and he will not add sorrow to it. That's the word of God. When we try to achieve these things in the wrong way, it becomes sin in our lives. You know, at times we ask more than what we need. I don't say it's a sin. It may lead to sin. It may lead to sin. You need one plate full of food, but you eat two plates, right? So it's not a sin. I don't say it's right away it's a sin, but it will eventually lead to sin, if not to death, right? You know, some of us try to overdo things and it becomes sinful in our lives. So there is no point in arguing it saying that, is it a sin? It's a not sin. Some of those things are sin right away in the word of God. Some of those things will eventually lead us into sin. Even those things also at times considered as sinful. At times, you know, we are not content with what we have. We are not happy with what we have. We are not happy with the wife that God has given us. We are not happy with the husband that God has given us. We are not happy with the church that God has given us. We are not happy with the children that God has given us. It will eventually will lead to sin. You know, for a child of God, for our children of God, scripture is very clear. There's blessings of this world. The blessings of the world, that's a material blessing, depends on how blessed our soul is. That's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be added unto you in 3 John 1 2 you know John writes saying that I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health as your soul prospers you know that's a good prosperity teaching as your soul prospers let you be prosperous let prosperity come into your life as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering, if prosperity comes in your way, you don't know how to deal with it. If your soul is not prospering, if prosperity comes in your way, you will walk away from God. That's why God is telling for a child of God, it is very important our soul prospers. If our soul is happy, things around us will be happy. You know, this morning God is telling us that it is important that we need to pray for our, spirit, our, our material needs. Let's move further. We are going to pray for our inner needs, our inner healing. Here, man of God is crying out. Our God is, Jesus is asking the disciples to pray. Forgive us. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. That means we are in living in debts. What kind of debt that word of God Jesus is talking about? 
This is how I understood this. What are our debts? How much we owe to God? Have you ever thought of that? How much we owe to God? Just want to, you know, to, to throw a little more light into these aspects. We are debtful at times because of our sins. You know, we are indebted to God, indebted to God because of my pride, because of my jealousy, because of my anger, because of my sinful attitude. I am debtful to God. I am indebted to God. I need to pay. You know, anything we do on this earth has to be paid, has to be compensated. Otherwise, it cannot just stand. How much penalty we need to pay if we commit a sin? But God paid for it. So that means we are debtful. We are, we are, we are in debt towards God. We are indebted to God. And here somebody prays saying that, and forgive us our debts. And how much we owe to God? Have you ever thought of it? How much we owe to God? For his unmerited favor. For his blessings in our lives. You know, think about our past. Think about your past. Think about the, you know, your family root from your, your, where you came from. The way God is taking care of you. The way God is caring for you. You know, you never thought that God will bring you to this nation. But God brought you to this nation. Just want you to, to think about your root. When I think about uh, my grandfather, he was a farmer. He go into the woods and he cut the wood. And bring, he bring it and he cut the wood and he sells that wood. He was a farmer. He would have never thought his grandson will go to Canada and do the work of God. You know how much we owe to God when we think about it. The unmerited favor of God in your life and in my life. Just want you know to think about it. That's what we owe to God. That's what we are indebted to God. And here we are not able to give that to God at times. Because we think about the current crisis. We think about, we worry about currently what is going on in my life. We forget the past. But this morning God is telling you, my son, my daughter, just think about and ask forgiveness to God because we are not able to pay it back to God. We are not able to, you know, owe that whatever we owe to God, we are not able to give it, give it back to God. But God has been so merciful. God has given us a good job. God has blessed us in our lives. And this morning Jesus is telling us that you need to pray to God and tell him, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive my sins. You know, there are certain sins that deserves heavy penalty. There are a couple of them in the word of God. I just, you know, just show that to you a little bit. Jesus said, not loving your enemy turns to your sinful thing. It is Old Testament law that hate your enemy. But in the Old, New Testament, Jesus taught us and he spoke to us saying that, love your enemy. Those who persecute you. Pray for them. Do not curse them. Bless them. In Matthew 18, 6, Jesus said, If anyone is causing this little one to stumble, you need to tie a big stone around their neck and throw them into the depth of the sea. Making somebody to stumble. There may be some new believers walking into the presence of God. At times, you know, some of our behaviors will not allow them to grow in God. And God is very careful about it. Anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit. Luke 12, 10. Anything that you speak against the Son of Man may be forgiven. Anything that you speak against the Holy Spirit may not be forgiven. Heavy penalty on some of those things. We need to ask sorry to God. You know, that's the reason I encourage the church. That's the reason I, I, I keep it as a discipline in me. Not to say anything about bad about any of those other preachers. 
It is important that you need to instruct people saying that do not listen to them. It is important that you need to tell them do not follow them. But do not take, tell bad things about them. It is not our responsibility. Think about good thing to learn from his David in the life of David. He got an opportunity to kill Saul in just in front of him. But he said, I will abstain. I will keep away from killing the anointed. Any man of God, we don't want to talk anything bad about them. If we don't like them, just do not watch them. If we don't like them, just go away from them. Do not be with them. But do not tell anything bad about any children of God. Because God cannot handle it. God cannot forgive those things that spoken against the Spirit of God. And here we read, as we forgive others. Lord, forgive us, Lord. God expects us to forgive others. He says in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, any kind of root of bitterness cannot be seen in your life. God is asking us to pluck those things and throw those things away so that God may give us grace to love everybody. Finally, the third prayer we need to do is deliver us from evil. Spiritual release. Spiritual release. And the way he prays, in, we see that in verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do not lead us into temptation. Do you think that God leads us into temptation? No, I don't think God is leading us into temptation. But God is telling, in fact, scripture says in James 1, 13 to 14, it's not God who leads us into temptation, but it is our own desire. We get, in, we get tempted and we eventually yield our lives to that sin. It is not God, but what we are praying is God, help me Lord, help me Lord God, not to fall into those temptations in my life. Help me not to fall into those temptations Lord, and deliver me from evil. You know, this is a prayer that you and I need to make, because the evil is so powerful. Evil is so powerful. We need to protect our family from the evil. We need to protect our children from the evil. We need to protect our lives, our future, our church, everything from the evil because evil is so powerful. And the evil, the devil is angry with you. Do you know that? Devil is angry with you. I'm telling you, devil is angry with each and every one of you because, just simply because you serve God. Just simply because you pray. Just simply because you fast. Just simply because you read the word. Devil is not happy at all. He doesn't like you coming to church. That's what Liz was saying. She does, he doesn't like Liz coming to church. And he will bring migraine. He will bring, you know, other, other appointments. He will bring, get a call from work immediately. Devil doesn't want us to serve God. And we need to pray. And we need to overcome. The way we need to pray. And Lord, do not lead me into temptation. But deliver me from evil one. And finally, we are ready to close the prayer with the praise. The way we close the prayer, it's easy. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we are exiting the prayer with the praise. We call it as a threefold doxology. Doxology, doxa means praise. Logos means words are which what we say. So doxology together, it is a praise that we say to God. In Revelation, in the book of Revelation, we read threefold doxology, fivefold and sevenfold doxology. And here we read kingdom and a power and glory. Let's, let's quickly go to Revelation chapter 7 and verse 12 and read that. That's a very interesting scripture there. Revelation chapter 7. 
verse 12. So here we read a sevenfold doxology saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. But here in Matthew chapter 6, we read a threefold doxology. It talks about the kingdom of God. It talks about the power of God. And it talks about the glory of God. You know, what about kingdom of God? Kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. It is an everlasting kingdom. You know, the day when, when God created this world, from that point onwards, until he comes back and takes us into the eternity, it's an everlasting kingdom. He's almighty and he's all-powerful God. And the glory belongs to him. The glory is the infinite beauty of God Almighty. The greatness and the perfection of God is what is the glory of God. Kingdom, power and glory belong to God. You know, that's how we end our prayer. So prayer starts with the praise of honoring God. And we take the prayer through asking God to do his will in our lives. And we pray for our personal needs, our material needs, our spiritual needs and our soul needs. And finally, we end the prayer with, by giving a praise to God. You know, what a wonderful way of praying to God that Jesus taught to the church today. You know, if we make that as a practice in our lives, the moment you kneel down, just give him honor. The way we honor God is to humble ourselves. The way we honor God is to surrender our lives before him. And as we honor God, as we lift his name, as we praise him and tell him, Lord, whatever I'm going to ask you, I do not know whether I need that or not. I do not know whether it is your will or not. But Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. And this is what I'm going to pray, Lord. I'm just going to pray for all my personal needs, Lord. I'm just going to pray, Lord God, because I owe you so much, Lord. I'm indebted to you so much, oh God. I'm just praying you to ask to forgive me, oh God, for all the mistakes that I made. Lord, protect me and keep me safe, me and my family, oh God. And finally, we end the prayer saying that all the kingdom and the power and the glory Glory belong to God. You know, when we make such a prayer, I'm sure God is pleased because that's how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. You know, as we pray, I believe as Mary was hearing the voice of God, let this be so real in our lives. So we will have a voice of God be heard in our lives. And prayer becomes a real good time for us to communicate with God. Let's close our eyes this morning. And I believe in a very simple way, God has spoken to us this morning about prayer and the importance of prayer. Some of our lives, things will not move until we pray, until we surrender, until we fast and cry to God. At times, I have seen God using this as a weapon to correct my life. Because I need something, but I don't receive it from God. And I fall down at the feet of God and tell Him, Lord, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Some of us, those who are sitting here this morning, may be making that prayer to God, asking Him, Lord, why things are not happening in my life? Lord, why things are not happening? Lord, why my children are walking away from you? Lord God, why you have given me such a life partner whom I cannot depend on? I struggle with. Lord, why you have given me such a life, Lord, and brought me to this nation, oh God? There is so much of need that I am not able to meet. At times, children of God, just remember, 
God makes use of this as an opportunity to correct you. God used this as an opportunity to bring you down, yourself down. And God used this as an opportunity to make us completely surrender our lives to God. And this morning, I do not know what the Spirit of God is telling you, but I'm sure He is telling something to you. If you have yours, you will catch that as the Spirit of God speaks to you. As He gives you direction. As He points you to the right direction. This morning, I just want you to get hold of that moment of the Holy Spirit as we pray right now. I just want every one of you to pray. I just feel the presence of God here in this place. I just feel the presence of the, the Spirit of prayer in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just want you to pray this morning. Just want you to pray. Hallelujah. Just get hold of that. That what Spirit of God is telling you this morning. I'm sure He's telling you something specific that you need to bring in, in your life, which you don't see in your life. But God is asking you to set those things right in your life. Hallelujah. And this morning, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is the only one that brings the will of God in your life. And this morning, can you commit you to yourself to pray? Can you just commit you, yourself to pray more? Pray more. Can you just increase your prayer time little more? Little more? Few minutes more? There are times that you are sitting in front of the television. There are times that you are sitting in front of your computer. You may say that I am watching godly things. I am watching sermons. I am watching uh, uh, worship services. But God is uh, not pleased in those things. Just remember, we cannot drop the time that we are supposed to give to God. One-on-one -on -one with Him. One-on-one -on -one with Him. That time cannot be robbed by whoever even if an angel comes and preach we cannot give that time to that man or that program in the television God is asking you to pray there are times that God has warned you to come closer to him and in prayer more and this morning can you commit your ways to God and tell him Lord I will pray more Lord today onwards I will give my time more to you in your presence oh God this morning God can bless you God can lift you up you know prayer is the only step in the ladder prayer is the last step in the ladder that we need to raise one after another one after another and this morning I pray that God may give you grace God may give you grace hallelujah precious heavenly father we thank you for this wonderful morning thank you Lord for speaking to us oh God help us Lord all through it all oh God help us to realize how important prayer is in our lives this morning oh father we as a church commit to pray more we as a church Lord commit Lord to come in to come in together come together Lord in a time of prayer we as a church, Lord, commit our lives, Lord, to come to the fasting prayers, not to be at home. Lord, we as a church, we commit, Lord, to come every, every day the church is open, when the church is open, to come and pray. Help us, Lord. Help us to pray more. This morning, we give ourselves to you in glory. Send us with your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.